know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jamin Joe, of the Band for All Seasons podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're doing a special Sunday night into the week recording of the show this week. And we've got a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to talk a little baseball with the Braves and the University of Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to talk a little basketball with the Atlanta Hawks. And we're also going to round up the show with a little golf as we get you guys ready for the Masters tournament coming up this week. So that's a lot on this week's show, a lot of stuff, a little baseball a little basketball and a little golf as well so an action-packed show i'm really looking forward to it tonight and we'll be talking to our guest of the week here in one second but before we get into the sports conversation it's time to get a word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering you can learn more at georgiasmoke.com and i'll be connecting with and i'll be connecting with our guest of the week via the fan for all seasons fan line here in one second and fan for all seasons and fans, we're back. We've connected via the Fan Brawl Seasons fan line with our guest of the week. And our guest of the week this week is a guy who has been on this show a ton, either as a guest or either as a co-host. He is the man, the myth, the legend, my dad, Mike Coyne. Mike, or dad, how's it going? Joe, I'm doing great. I hope you are. I'm doing good, my friend. I'm doing good. Dad, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking a variety of topics with us. And the first topic I want to get into, you, Dad, is this. I want to talk to you about the huge weekend the University of Georgia Bulldog baseball team had against the Florida Gators this past weekend. The series was Thursday. It was a Thursday through Saturday series. And I just kind of want to get your overall impression of what we saw from this Georgia Bulldog team going up against arguably their most arch and most intense rival. Yeah, Joe, I, I thought uh, it was fun. There was a lot of uh, excitement in the crowd, a lot of buzz. And, uh, you know, Georgia, the first game on Thursday night, they pulled one out with last flick on Saturday. The coach got tossed, but after that, they settled down and, and put a really good game and, and won that. And yesterday, with you and I in attendance, we saw them battle back from a pretty good hole. And, and really showed us a lot of a lot of pop, um, a lot of a lot of heart too, because uh, they made some errors that gave uh, Florida a chance to open up a six-two lead, and then they, they jumped up and battled back. So that was good to see. It, it really was good to see. And the game we were at was on Saturday, April fourth. It was a perfect day at Foley Field, and also, Dad, our man Tom Green was with us too, and so we got to take in a baseball game with the great Tom Green, which is always fun. And and I, and I gotta say, I, what really stood out to me was, as you said, the crowd, the energy in the place. I thought our seats were great, by the way, on Saturday, and and we and we had a nice view. And so where we were is we were right down the third baseline, really really good seats. And uh, and and I thought and I thought that that the game had good tempo to it in the very beginning. I do want to talk for two seconds about Georgia's starting pitcher Nolan Crisp. I thought 
he came in and did a really nice job. And, and for a team that's been kind of struggling to find itself pitching-wise, I thought Crisp did a really good job in, provide, in providing Georgia the ability to eat some innings. And I will say, before I throw it back to you, we got some inside skinny in that in our pregame chat with University of Georgia Bulldog baseball analyst David Johnston, who does the games on the Bulldog Radio Network. We were, we were lucky enough to chat it up with him, and Dave gave us the inside skinny and said no one crisp is going to be starting today for the dog. And it's also interesting too, Dad, Crisp is an ex-Gator, so getting to face his former team, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that really is cool, but he uh, he really gave uh, Georgia a shot in the arm, and uh, it was good to see. Uh, and, and David was right off at the end of the and we were running out of pitch on both teams, and uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, both teams were running on pitching wise. It, it really was. But, but definitely the thing that really stood out to me was that eight-run seventh inning that Georgia was able to put together. I, I just thought that that was tremendous, and Georgia's ability to really hit the ball out of the ballpark and, and, di- and during that inning. And the home run in particular that really stood out to me was the home run that sophomore catcher Fernando Gonzalez rushed to left field. And as you and I were talking about on our way back, on our way back from Foley Field on Saturday was just how that ball got up in the jet stream. Like, that ball really took off. It really did. Yeah, I turned on it and took it out to the left field, and uh, there, there was, it was a no-doubter. It really was a no-doubter. But uh, I think my favorite one, Joe, was uh, Georgia had substituted in uh, Garrett Blaylock into right field for Cheney Rogers, and uh, in, in Florida's big inning, Blaylock had misplayed a ball which contributed to, to Florida, you know, having a big inning and scoring a lot of runs, and uh, Garrett was able to pick himself up, delivered a you know, three-run homer deep to right center field, and... Uh, I, I felt like that was one of the turning points of the game. I I agree. I agree. And and so now, Dad, I want to get your thoughts on, about what a weekend sweep over Florida does for Georgia for this upcoming week. I know they've got a Palmetto State battle with Clemson coming up on Tuesday, I think, and then South and then at South Carolina this weekend. And so, what does a three-game sweep over Florida do for a Georgia team trying to find itself and having to face two other big-time rivals in both Clemson and South Carolina this week and weekend? Well, Joe, I think it gives them a, a, a lot of confidence going in. I, I don't know if all our uh, listeners are aware, Georgia has a set of twins, Cole Tate and Connor Tate, a shortstop and a left fielder by trade. Cole Tate was three for five on Saturday, scored two runs. His twin brother, Connor, was three for five on Saturday, scored two runs, and drove in so uh, I think the Tate brothers are going to be playing with a lot of comp- You know, Ben Anders, he had a three for four game. You know, you know, these guys at the top of the order that were really smacking the ball around are, are going to have a lot of confidence. I think Nolan Crisp, you know, his confidence has got to be up, right? Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I totally, I completely agree with you about Crisp. And like you said, I thought Ben Anderson did a really good job of setting the table for Georgia all weekend long. And he also does a great job out in center field he he really does an a-plus job out there so all things are good over in bulldog land as far as baseball wise you know what as i mentioned the dogs play at clemson on tuesday and they play south carolina this upcoming weekend at south carolina and so that's gonna conclude it for our georgia bulldog baseball part of the show and so now we're gonna keep the baseball talk going dad we're gonna talk a little atlanta braves as the braves start up the 2022 season thursday i should say against the cincinnati reds and so just kind of give me your overall big picture thoughts on where the Braves are, you know, as we start the 2022 year on Thursday. Well, Joe, it's, it's a good 
year, you know, it's a new team. We're going to be, be starting, uh, you know, without Freddie Freeman, and that's definitely going to be a factor. But I, I really think that they, they have a terrific replacement. Matt Olson, uh, we're going to get Ronald Acuna Jr. back. You know, we're going to have a, a pretty solid batting order when everybody gets back healthy. And uh, I think as people say all the time, you're talking about baseball, it, it could come down to the pitching. I think the Braves are in good shape if it does come down to the pitching. The key I, is staying healthy. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think staying healthy is definitely the key for this bunch. Uh, the, and, you know, as you mentioned with Matt Olson, I think he's going to slide in and do a really good job. He'll probably bat in the three hole, and he'll do a really good job of our first base defensively. And I'm I'm really excited to see Matt come home and play for the hometown team that he grew up rooting for, you know, back in the day when he was at Parkview and coming up. And uh, I'm, I just think he's going to provide a real boost for the Braves offensively and defensively. I do think the loss of Freddie Freeman is going to hurt in some ways, but Matt Olson, I mean, I'm not expecting him to come out there and try to replace Freddie Freeman. I think he's just going to play his game, and I think Brave fans are going to love what they see at a number 28 over at the... Uh over at, over at first base for the brand. Joe, what do you, uh, you know, you've had a long relationship with Jackson, and now we're looking at uh, potential ligament damage in his elbow. Uh, how is this going to impact the brand? Well, I definitely think the loss of Luke Jackson hurts. I know Luke Jackson frustrates a lot of Brave fans, me included. And But I will say, I think a lot of that frustration, it really comes down to when he was used. And for a while there, b- before the Braves got the bullpen arms that we have now, Luke Jackson was our closer, like back in like 17 and even 18 and parts and parts of 19. Like Luke, like Luke Jackson pitched in really high stressful situations and it used to really drive me nuts with the Braves. But as far as like his long-term health, I, I mean, I, I hate it. I, I hate it for him. I don't want to see people get hurt. But I think this gives some guys like Tyler Thornburg. I want to say he was with the Brewers a year ago. I feel like he's a pretty established major leaguer and he's a power righty and he's somebody that can provide depth in the Braves bullpen. I really am excited about Colin McHugh as well. I think McHugh could be an interesting piece. And so I think between Thornburg and McHugh and a couple other guys down there, Spencer Strider is a potential guy who could provide a boost to the Braves. For those of you that are unaware, Spencer Strider is one of the Braves' top young prospects. He's a fireballer out of Clemson. He can get it up to, I guess, 102 miles an hour. He, he's a re- he's a really dynamic kid. He he pitched a little bit, I want to say some last year for the Braves, at the very at the very end of the 21 season. I think Strider made his debut. He's a really talented arm, and I think he's a guy that I think can provide depth to the Braves bullpen that, that I will say is already incredibly deep as is. I think guys like McHugh, Thornburg, and Strider can make it even deeper, and thus softening the blow of losing a Luke Jackson. Well, Joe, what, what about Ozuna? Uh, what do you think we're get out of him this year. Ozuna, I, th- I'm, I think Ozuna slides in as your four-hole guy. I think he's going to be your DH primarily, you know, when Acuna is back and everything. But I expect Ozuna to just come in here and hit. And I'm not really looking for him to hit the cover off the ball for average. I'm looking him to be a big, I'm looking for him to be a big slugging threat and for him to protect Matt Olson. I think, I think similarly to how the Braves had it when you had Freeman and Ozuna together, I thought that was a really nice three 
three, four combination. But you think about it now, like with how deep the Braves are, just think about two through five for a minute. You have Ozzy Albies in the two hole. You have Matt Olson in the three. You have Azuna in the four. You have Riley in the five. I mean, just, I mean, that's really impressive, don't you think? Re- yeah, really is. deep, really deep. Dude, where do you... Where do you see Rosario coming in? I, I, have, I have Eddie Rosario in my mind's eye. I want to have him either six or seven. Don't you think he profiles as like a six or seven hole guy? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's got pop. He does. excited about him. He, I am too. I am too. And Rosario does have sneaky good pop. I mean, I'm not expecting him to bat 560 like he did against the Dodgers. But if he can just play serviceable defense in left field. And I think Rosario can come in and do a good job. I mean, we saw what he did in the playoffs. He, he's a clutch guy and I think he'll do a good job in left field. He'll do a good job. What about our fellow National League East team, the New York Mets? I mean, I hate to talk about injuries, but I hate being hurt, but uh, gosh, them and Jake DeGrom just have to break, can they? No, they can't. They can't. And then you think about Scherzer. You know, the Mets signed him to three-year, $43 million a season. A season, Dad. Like, that's insane. Um, I know everybody wants to talk about the Mets pitching, but DeGrom and Scherzer are not spring chickens. I know the Mets have some more offense, it looks like, with Starling Marte out in center field for them. So I guess they have Marte, Alonzo, Conforto. I mean, that's pretty good. And I'm sure they've got other pieces that, that are going to make them interesting. I'm not I'm, I'm not buying the Mets. I know, Co- I know Cohen's got more money than, you know, anybody in the world. You can just throw money at stuff. But, but, if, you're, but if you're a big-time, talented free agent, like, what about the Mets, other than money, would attract you to want to play for you know what I mean? They, they seem to be cursed in some way. But <laughs> jumping back to, I think, the guy that's flying to the radar who would lead the Braves the series are our friend Adam Duvall. What, what are you looking for from him? I'm looking for Duvall to real to really provide a boost in the in the seven hole in the in the six or seven hole. And the the thing I like about Adam is Adam's got sneaky good pop. I mean, we saw what he did. You know, not only for the Braves the first time around, but you know, I mean, we saw what he did when he was with the Marlins, too, and he used to feast on Braves pitching. And then we got him back, and I feel like all Duvall's done is just crush ball. And I'll say this about Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall is a better defensive center fielder than people give him credit. And so I think Duvall is going to come in, do a good job in center field, and give you some pop. I, I really like how deep how deep offensively this Braves lineup can be. I mean, with the variety of righties and lefties that the Braves can throw at people, it, it really is truly impressive. Well, I think it's deep. It's going to really be, you know, something that the watch because, uh, you know, I, I don't know where to go. Yeah, yeah, I I wonder about that. I mean, we always had Pache, you know, to rely on for defense, and now he's gone to Oakland. And I don't, and I highly doubt the Braves are going to call up Michael Harris this quick. I mean, Harris hasn't even been in Double A yet, Dad. So I think I think they're going to let Michael Harris, who is now taking over the reins as the Braves' number one prospect in the system. I think Harris is going to have a full year at Double A, and maybe the end of the year at Triple A. Now, if we're doing this podcast a year from now and we're talking Braves I think Michael Harris is your everyday center builder now that's just my gut I haven't really seen the kid play but I'm just telling you from everything that I read everything that I hear everything that I get from people in the know with the Braves they're really high on Michael Harris he's a local product so we're all about the local products here on the Fan Brawl Seasons podcast absolutely and I guess one last thing as far as the as far as the Braves go that I want to get your thoughts on the rotation the four and the five slots what do you do well I, I think the Braves have a candidate there, and you know I, I think it's still be Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright is definitely going to get 
uh, take the opportunity and, you know, I, I don't know what they do beyond that. I mean, there, there's arms there, uh, but I just don't know, you know, we have to see. Uh, uh, how do you see it? And as far as me with the 4-5, I mean, Waskari Noah is an option. You, I mean, I'd be okay with Inoa and Kyle Wright or maybe a Kyle Muller and either Wright or Inoa I'm, or Tucker Davidson. I mean, I mean, th I mean, there's a lot of different ways the Braves can go about this. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the coach's decision. And I feel good about whoever they've got. I mean, they've got a variety of arms. But like you said, I think we just need to see some of these guys more in some of these situations. I know the coaches see them more than we do. But just based off, like, momentum alone, I think Kyle Wright has every ounce of opportunity to really grab this for hole or five hole spot in the rotation sees it by the horn Kyle Wright has everything and more to be a really successful pitcher in Major League Baseball agree agree and uh, I guess another big question for, like, what, what are we going to get out of the Darno now, now that's an interesting thing I wonder I wonder what they do or wonder or I wonder what you get out of Travis Darno I mean honestly okay if I'm going to predict his line I'm going to say he gets like 270 272 with like 18 to 19 home runs and like maybe 65 RBIs is that too much to ask from your catcher um, I, I'd love to see it love to see it I agree well the, well the thing that's weird to me dad I don't know if you've caught in much or any of spring training but William Contreras was playing right field the other day in a spring training game and I'm like I don't understand that this guy's supposed to be a catcher what is he doing well Joe I'm looking at the depth chart and he's the third second base he's the third string third base and uh, as well as being the third string catchers. So they're trying to make him into like a Martin Prado where he brings like six different gloves to the ballpark every day? I guess. Hmm. Like if something were to happen to Matt Olson, Austin Riley becomes the first baseman and Orlando Arcia becomes the third baseman. I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. Orlando Arcia is the backup first baseman in short That, that, okay, okay. I think we found our new Martin Prado and Omar Infante for the 2022 Braves. It's Orlando Arcia and William Contreras. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that, but hey, the Braves know better than we do. Or at least we think, right? That's right. So now... Dad, we're going to jump into a little basketball. We're going to talk a little Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks have won five in a row, and their next game is Tuesday night against the Toronto Raptors. I think that game's in Canada, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think it is paramount for the Hawks to keep winning. What are your overall thoughts on the winning streak that the Hawks are currently on? Well, Joe, when the Hawks are playing, uh, Trey Young is playing like a star. In fact, to the playoffs last year, he was playing a uh, great ball and the team was, was really open. Now, you can't expect it to go at that pace over an 82-game schedule. But right now, the Hawks have to be high up and really bright it. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, see how well that plays out. I, I totally agree with you. I think... I think I mean Trey. Trey is the straw that that stirs this Hawks drink. And I really look for Trey Young. I mean I'm not asking him to drop 30 for the rest of the regular season, but if he can just you know play make and get people involved. I want to say I can't remember which game it was. I know it was fairly recently, but he had like 16 assists. I know everybody likes to talk about his ability to hit logo threes and stuff like that, but his ability to pass the ball is really really cool, and it's it's just like a fun dynamic way to, to, to play point guard I mean I mean he 
It, it really is fun to watch. I, I mean, you could argue Trey is the best passing point guard in the NBA. Yeah, he's uh, he's really something. Hey, Joe, what do you think about uh, in the game with the Nets? You got Durant going for big five. You don't see that very often. You really don't. You really don't. Like, the way I look at Kevin Durant is he is a fabulous scorer. He may be the best scorer of this generation, honestly, because he can score in so many different ways. I mean, he's so long. He can get to the rim. He's got he, he's got a nice mid-range game. And he's also a really good three-point shooter. To, to see, I think a lot of people like forget about the mid-range game. But Durant's got a really nice like mid-range jumper and stuff like that. And I'm, I just think it's really hard to guard a guy like Kevin Durant. I mean, who in the league is really going to be able to guard him consistently? I don't, I don't think anybody really can, you know? Like, he's just, I think that's what's made him such a dynamic player throughout his career. I mean, as far as, from just like a pure basketball standpoint, I think Durant is, like I said, could be the best scorer of this generation. So, this week we're looking at, we're at the record, we played the Wiz Atlanta, we're at the, and then we, we're at the, so, uh, how, how do you see this week playing out? Well, as far as this week playing out, I, I feel good about where the Hawks stand. I know Toronto was giving us fits recently with their size and length of Siakam, and that rookie. Scotty Barnes from Florida State is pretty good guard, and uh, I know Toronto's got some pieces that, that give the Hawks fits. So hopefully the Hawks can keep it rolling against the Raptors. And then as far as like the Wizards and the Heat, I mean the the Heat are a really good team with a lot of their pieces like Hero and Lowry and stuff like that. I mean I feel like the Wizards are just kind of ready for the season to be over. I mean there's no Bradley Beal. I mean th- I mean this is not the Wizards team that we're that we've been accustomed to seeing th- throughout the years. Uh, so hopefully the Hawks can take care of business on Fan Appreciation Night at State Farm Arena against the Wizards. And then at the Rockets, I mean the Rockets are one of those teams that are rebuilding. Building. So hopefully the Hawks can keep it rolling, and I, I'm I'd like from the at least when. Well, there's four games, but you're saying three out of four. Yeah, yeah, three out of four. My mistake. Three out of four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think at minimum three out of four. At worst, two out of four. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's a real shot, Dad, that the Hawks could be the AC in the whole playing tournament. Wow. That really is crazy. So, what are your thoughts on the whole playing tournament? Do you think that's a good idea, or? Well, it certainly keeps it inter- interesting. Teams. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So, Dad, I want to get to our final topic of the night, and that is it's Masters Week coming up. And so I want to talk to you about the Masters for a little bit. And so just kind of give me your thoughts on what Augusta means to you and just the whole experience with the Masters and stuff, first off. Well, it really gets you excited. It's such a beautiful golf course, and then it tends to bring out the best and best golfers. You know, you see a lot of guys that are able to step up, but I think I like about the show is the risk-reward that exists on that golf course. If you hit the perfect shot, you're very much rewarded, but if you miss by just a small amount, you know, a short distance, the, the, you know, you can really be penalized. It's a uh, right of, and it, it really gets my blood above it. No. Well, as far as Augusta National goes, I look at it as arguably one of the most beautiful places on this entire planet. Like just seeing the TV angle or just just seeing the angles of it and like the different holes and like Ray's Creek and all that's really cool. And Amen Corner and you know, all all that stuff. I I just think it's like so beautiful and yet so like elegant and serene. Um 
Uh, you know, Dad, we, we were fortunate to go back in 2005, and whenever, whenever it's Master's Week, or when we get close to it, I always go back to that Sunday, and that was when Tiger won back in 05, and I just think, you know, here we are walking the grounds, and I'm eating a pimento cheese sandwich, and it was delicious, and I'm, I mean, it's just beautiful. It, it really is a really pretty place. I'm excited to watch some major golf, and arguably, you could call it the Super Bowl of golf, so I I'm very much excited to check out Augusta National this week. So, Dad, before I let you go, who who are some who is your foursome that you like at Augusta this week, and who do you think is going to win the 2022 Masters? Well, Joe, I'm I'm thinking about a lot of different guys. Uh, I like Justin Thomas. Um, I think that uh, Victor Hovland playing great golf all spring. I I uh, I think Dustin Johnson, of course, is really good. Him and uh, something tells me Tom Tom is going to wake up. I mean, he hasn't played bad, but he hasn't played the way a lot of people do. But I think this week, uh, you know, this week we might see something from um, right now, uh, Sunday night. I'm sitting here thinking that uh, Justin Tom is probably going to win. How about you Um, this week? As far as me, I don't know why I'm doing this, and it's a guy you mentioned. I don't know why I'm going with Victor Hovland, but just in like highlights I've seen, it, it, it looks like he's playing some really good golf. Um, I've been really impressed. Um, I'm, I've been really impressed with what I've seen of like highlights of him on Sports Center and stuff. And then I'll tell you who I who I like. Um, has it, got to be at least one of the Georgia guys, one of the, one of the Georgia Bulldogs on the PGA Tour, and I and I really think. Uh, Kevin Kissner is a guy who who is a really talented golfer who's been playing really good golf of late and I think will represent Georgia well. I mean, do I think Kisner could win the Masters? Maybe, but at the end of the day, I'm probably going to go with Victor Hovland. I, I think it's his time. He He's a really talented golfer. He, you know, you and I were talking about him earlier today and it just looks like it could be the time of Victor Hovland. Yeah, he's really funny. Joe, uh, what was your concession uh, at the Masters. Oh, pimento cheese. Pimento cheese. Hands down. <laughs> Hands down. What about you? Were you more pimento cheese, egg salad, or were you barbecue? Joe, I, I like those bars. I think they're great. Yeah, yeah, definitely underrated. Definitely underrated. Definitely underrated. Well, Dad, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, or for this week, talking a variety of stuff with me. I always enjoy your insight and our conversation. Well, Joe, thanks for having me. We've had a great weekend together, and I'm looking to... Uh, Seeing the Braves hitting the seat, uh, the factors on the pole. So, Heck yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Joe. Bye bye. And so, that was a really good interview we did with my dad, Mike Colleen. That was really good. Dad is always good. He is the reason why I am so into sports. And the reason why, one of the big reasons why I love doing this podcast so much is I like talking to my dad and getting insight from him. and. He, he he was the one that has taught me pretty much everything I know. So thank you, Dad, for putting sports into my life. I really appreciate it. So before we get on out of here this week, guys, I'm going to tell you about FanFrostSeasons.com. It's our website. You can check it out. We've got our merchandise store. We've got our t-shirts, our sweatshirts, and our hoodies. So check that out at FanFrostSeasons.com, our merchandise store, and get your favorite merchandise from your favorite local sports podcast. You can also go to our Listen Now tab where all our episodes are, where 
this episode will be dropping later this evening and you can check out that as well you can also check out the bio of how the podcast came to be with rg3 and myself showing with the great chip carey and joe simpson as well that's a fantastic photo by the way so that's what you can check out at fanforallseasons.com and i think it's now time to get a word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original smoke barbecue catering you can learn more georgiasmoke.com for myself jim and joe i want to thank my dad again it's been another exciting installment of the fan for all seasons podcast and we'll talk to you guys next week see ya